Welcome to Straight Money, the podcast where two insiders give you the straight goods about investing and financial planning with no sugar coating. This podcast is brought to you by Easy Insurance, Vancouver's premier digital life and health insurance agency. For free life insurance quotes, go to www.easy-insurance.ca. All right, welcome to the Straight Money Podcast, where two insiders give you the straight goods about investing and financial planning with no sugar coating. This is your Maya Dharani over here, licensed insurance professional with my co-host Cam, certified financial planner Respondek. Cam, how you doing? Good, man. I'm excited to get into uh, this third episode and um, let's get into it. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know what, uh, I just want to go over what it is that we talked about, you know, over the last couple of episodes, just to give, you know, our listeners a refresher. You know, we talked about the three stages of financial prosperity. We talked about building a foundation with your financial security first. Then we talked about striving for financial independence, and how that is a worthy and noble goal for everybody in America. Um, And then we talked about eventually trying to become financially free. And so the last episode, you know, we started to really get into the nuts and bolts of what it's going to take to become financially secure. And we spent the last episode basically discussing, you know, um, how to build an emergency fund, you know, how it's important for us to start putting money aside, saving money for a rainy day, so that when life throws you a curveball, and it's usually not a question of if, but when, when life throws you that curveball, you're not tapping into your credit cards and going into debt to be able to deal with it, Cam. For sure. And guys, I want you to, you know, if this is the first episode you're listening to, go listen to the first episode and go listen to the second one because they really do build on each other. Some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today, we kind of mentioned in the first couple ones, and you might not understand it in the full context. So take your time. Go through the first two episodes and then come listen, come back and listen to this one. Exactly. Now, when we talked about financial security, we talked about there being basically two steps to putting yourself in a position where you are financially secure. You know, and you know, I define financial security as not living paycheck to paycheck, you know, being in a position where if something, you know, bad happens, some sort of an emergency happens you know uh an illness an injury a death in the family something like that you're not you know destitute you're not uh borrowing money from your credit cards you're not out on the street because you've prepared for it so there's basically two steps the first one was building that emergency fund which we talked about in the previous episode and then the second step is what i believe to be even more important than that and that is protecting your income so I want to talk about what our most valuable asset is, Cam. Yeah, um, just to, to piggyback off that a little bit. We talked about this in the other episode, but people will protect things that are depreciating and don't have that much value, right? So, you know, we mentioned how, especially over here in uh, beautiful British Columbia, you're sometimes paying three or $4,000 in insurance to insure a vehicle that might be worth only three or $4,000. And when Yeremiah goes over the example here uh, in a minute, 
regarding what is your most valuable asset, you're going to see that not protecting it is just an absurd uh, way to actually go about your finances. Exactly. So you know what? Uh, we promised you guys that it, on this podcast, we were going to give you guys a total strategy. And you know, whether you're going to war or whether you're in some sort of a sport or something like that, a total strategy involves having offense and involves having defense. You know, everybody loves to talk about the offense. You know, nobody's out there writing books right now that are titled how to never be poor, you know, because those those books are probably not going to sell very much. But unless you're you're taking care of the defensive side of the ball as well, you're not doing a proper job. And so when we talk about your most valuable asset, we talk about protecting your income. So, you know, a lot of people believe that their most valuable asset may be their house. You know, maybe they own an expensive car. They've got some jewelry or something like that. The value of those assets usually pales in comparison to the value of the income stream that is your ability to earn money. You know, if you're 30 years old and you plan on retiring at the age of 65 and you make $50,000 a year, you know, that's approximately about $1.75 million you're supposed to be making over the next 30 years, 35 years. And that's assuming that your income is not going to be increasing at all over 35 years, which is probably not going to be the case. Usually people's income goes up at least at the rate of inflation, which is about 2% per year. So when you look at it like that, then you truly understand that the only reason why it is possible for you to attain financial prosperity and to become wealthy one day is because you are able to earn money somehow. And if something was to happen to your ability to earn money, if if your ability to earn money was derailed somehow, then you're really, really in trouble because that could actually put a wrench into the plans that you have of becoming prosperous permanently can. Absolutely. And, um, you know, nobody does this calculation. Nobody teaches people to do these calculations. And at the end of the day, nobody thinks anything's going to happen to them, right? They might see that, okay, maybe my house will flood or maybe I will get into a car accident and this and that because it's happening all around them. But you know what else is happening all around them? People losing their ability to earn income. You know, they have friends that, uh, you know, have gotten injured or you know, critically ill or things like that, that don't have protection, but they're like, that's not going to happen to me. And that's not just for, you know, uh, for work or anything like that. That's about anything. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get sick. I'm never going to, you know, break my leg. I'm never going to get uh, this disease. And obviously millions of people are getting these things. So what's, you know, what makes you different than all of these other people? It's nothing. It's just something in your mind saying, oh, I'm healthy. Nothing's going to happen to me. But you can't prevent somebody from smashing into you when you're crossing the street. You know what I mean? So people need to get away from that kind of thinking and start thinking, what if? What are the chances? What's the probabilities? And looking out into the world to see what's happening and saying, you know what? That could happen to me. And do I want to risk my entire life, my entire income stream, and potentially bankrupt my family if I have one because I didn't think about this ahead of time. I don't think if that, you know, is presented to people in that fashion, they would be so quick to uh, basically just throw this uh, caution to the wind. 
Exactly. And you know what? There's some things that you can't take a chance with. And one of those is your financial future. You know, your future uh, is something that you can't take a chance with. And the reason why a lot of people don't have income protection in place is because they honestly don't know what their options are. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We're going to let everybody know what their options are how it is that they can protect their income. And uh, it's extremely valuable information. I want to tell a little story. You know, many, many years ago, uh, when I was learning to drive, I was in the car with the driving instructor and he took me over the Petulo Bridge. So for those of you that live over here in BC, uh, you know that the Petulo Bridge is, is known is to be notoriously narrow, that particular mm-hmm. bridge. It's basically a two lane bridge with, you know, uh, one lane of traffic going in each direction. Okay. And there's, and then there's really nothing in between, right? So it's sort of the whole entire time while you're crossing that bridge, you almost feel like you're going to be hitting the opposing traffic head on because (laughs) there's nothing in between there. So I mentioned to the the driving instructor, I said, you know what? I I get a little nervous about these cars, you know, this head on traffic that's coming from the opposing side. And then he said to me, he goes, you know what? I'm going to teach you a little trick to make sure that you never, ever end up hitting that opposing traffic. And I said, what is it? He goes, here's what you do. He goes, drive your car to the right hand side as far as you possibly can without hitting the curb, you know, and put all of your attention on doing that. Mm -hmm. And as long as you put all of your attention on doing that, you know, and stay as far as you can to the right hand side without hitting the curb, it's going to automatically make it so that you don't end up hitting the oncoming traffic. Okay. So that's what playing financial defense is like. Okay. If you play defense good enough, your offense is going to start feeding off of that defense because it's going to literally keep you in the game. You know, if you, if you develop habits, like we talked about in the previous episode of you know, paying yourself first, making it automatic, investing it, you know, in a diversified portfolio and you keep doing that. And then when life throws you that curveball, it doesn't knock you out. You're just going to stay in the game long enough for you to become prosperous, basically without you doing anything else. Okay. So, so never being poor, playing great financial defense basically keeps you in the game. That's a fantastic point. You're staying power is what is key here. Anybody can have a flash of brilliance, right? And basically get to the top or whatever it is, but it's staying there that you want to ensure. And if you look at a lot of these hedge funds, the ones that you hear about are the ones that have been around for 20 or 30 years. And in that time, there have been many others that have had much greater successes, short-term successes, but eventually their aggressiveness ended up killing them because they Mm -hmm. went all in on one trade and they had no protection. And there's many examples of this. And these aren't just small firms. I'm talking about some of the biggest hedge funds in the world that have gone under because they didn't implement that defense. And like you said, a lot of offense actually comes from that initial defense. If you don't have that defense, then you're just going to get pummeled into oblivion. And we don't want that to happen, right? So go through the steps like we talk about and make sure that it doesn't happen to you. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? Like I've, like I've told our listeners before, there's a, there's a flood coming. Okay. There's a flood coming. Me and Cam are like Noah. 
and we've got this arc that we've built and there's space there's space for you guys on this arc okay so uh so what we're going to get into is we're going to talk about what are the main threats to our income from a health standpoint so we're talking about income protection you know there's some things that we don't have control over right you know, most things we don't have control over actually, like the economy and things like that. But from a health standpoint, there's a few risks that are extremely major risks that we do have control over that we can protect against. And the first is not being able to work because you have gotten some sort of an injury, okay? The next is not being able to work because you've had a life-threatening illness that you need to recover from. And then the third is not being able to work because you've died, you know, which is obvious that you're not <laughs> going to be able to work after that, right? Pretty obvious, yeah. So that's what we're going to get into. We're going to take a short break over here and then we're going to get right into it, guys. So hang in there with us. Thank you. All right, guys, so here we go. So not being able to work because of an injury, all right? So I'm gonna give you an example, okay? Say there's a guy, wants to do everything right, you know? He's a, he's a, we call them good little Americans, you know? They wanna do the right thing, they mm -hmm. wanna get ahead, you know, he's got a good job, maybe he works as like a policeman or a fireman or something, okay? He's making good money, maybe he makes like, you know, $75,000, $80,000 a year, okay? They want to do the right thing. They want to do right by their family. They plan on getting rich. You know, they've got a plan. They're building an emergency fund. They're they're making it automatic. You know, they're, um, you know, uh, paying themselves first. They're investing in a diversified portfolio, but they only started doing this like about six months ago or maybe eight or 10 months ago. So even if they're saving, say, 500 bucks a month, they've only really got about $5,000 saved up, you know? Mm -hmm. they, they own a house, right? But they, they really want to be successful. They really want to be successful. One day, they're going up, they're cleaning their gutters, you know, on their roof or something like that. An accident happens, they fall off their ladder, and then next thing you know, they injure their back, and maybe they're paralyzed, or they've injured their back so bad that they're not going to be able to work for a very, very long time, okay? Now, what just happened to this person? He was on the right track, okay? His mind, he had his mind right. He had the right idea. He was on the right track. He had a plan in place. It was going to work, but now all of a sudden, he's not working anymore and he makes nothing. You know, maybe he's on benefits. He, he used to make about $7,000 a month and now he makes about $1,500 a month, you know? Well, guess what? His mortgage payment didn't all of a sudden, you know, become 75, 80% less than it was because he got injured. Right. Neither did his car payment, neither did all of his payments, you know? So he's got these payments. Now he's got hardly any income. What's he going to do? First thing he's going to do is he's going to tap into that $5,000. Well, good. You know, that's what the emergency fund was there for, but it's not nearly enough. Once he's tapped out of that $5,000, probably after about one month, then he's going to go into maybe his line of credit or his credit cards. You know, the average disability, if a person, you know, gets injured, if it lasts over 90 days, usually lasts over two years. Okay. So now two years, this guy's not going to be able to work. He's got this mortgage payment. Guess what? He's losing that house. 
He's going into debt. And then two years later, when he's able to finally work, who knows if he's going to be able to actually work and earn the same money, do what he was able to do before. And his life basically got altered through no fault of his own. He did everything right. There was an accident that happened, but he's basically financially screwed now because of something that could have been prevented, Cam. Exactly. And uh, to build on that, it is very easy to destroy something. It is very difficult to build something. And it takes a lot of time to build something. Imagine a building itself. You know, it takes months to plan and then years to build. And you can bulldoze a building in a matter of seconds. You cannot, you know, you can't build a building in a matter of seconds. And like you Mm -hmm. said, he's doing everything right. He's gone down the proper path. You know, you can't find a fault in his execution, you know, except the fact that he doesn't have income protection. But on top of that debt, all the stuff he's built. So if he has any registered accounts that were his for his future or his kid's college fund, right? Or his vacation fund, his boat fund, whatever it is, anything that has been built up by him and it's taken him maybe 10, 15 years to build up, it can all be taken away in an instant, right? And like you said, man, you know, maybe two years down the road, he's fine. But then he's starting at zero or negative, negative because of the debt, all because he didn't protect his most valuable asset, which was his ability to earn money. Absolutely. You know what? Let's say he emerges out of this thing, you know, even eight or nine months later, guess what? He's emerging out of it. He probably lost his house. He's probably deep in credit card debt, which is very difficult to get out of. You know, and now he's in debt. He lost all of his assets. He lost all of his savings. It probably put a lot of stress on his family, put a lot of stress on his relationship with his wife. You know, the number one cause of divorce in America is financial reasons, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so like he's in a world of pain uh, and not just literally, but figuratively speaking as well. Okay. Uh, We talked about how the average disability that is over 90 days. So disability means obviously not being able to work or being disabled somehow. The average disability over 90 days lasts over two years, okay? And you know, even if it doesn't last that long, it doesn't need to, even if, just think about it for yourself, you know, the the people that are listening to this right now, think about whatever it is that you're earning, whether you earn $30,000 a year or $300,000 a year, and then just ask yourself how your life would be affected if you weren't earning money for say six months, you know? What would that do to your life? And it would cause a huge, huge difference in your life. And it wouldn't be a positive impact that it would cause. I can assure you of that. And the sad part about this is that this can actually be prevented, you know, by spending, you know, maybe 60, $70 a month or something, you know, on a type of uh, a contract that is going to be set up so that if you were to get injured and if you aren't able to work for a little while, you know, the person who's entering into that contract with you is going to uh, guarantee to replace your income, you know, until you get better, right? Yeah, and I think you're being even way too generous, Yerm, with the six months, man. Like, look what COVID-19 has given us, the perfect case study, the perfect uh, scenario, because it's not been six months. It's been, what, a couple of months since people really have stopped working. And look, like people are going bankrupt, you know, look at 30, I think 36 million is the latest figure that have uh, lost their jobs in America. 
not including the ones that have been lost in Canada. Like it's a complete, uh, it's a complete nightmare. And that just shows that people haven't been prepared. And, you know, in six months, they're completely going to be wiped out. Right. So, you know, for sure. And it's preventable, right? At the end of the day, things are preventable. There's some things we can't control, but why not control the things that we can? 100%, man, 100%. And then you know what? Whenever I talk to somebody about this, now it's usually somebody that's a little bit younger. So say I'm talking to somebody who's, let's say, under the age of 30, okay? I talk to them about this idea of protecting their income against a disability. And they'll tell me that, oh, you know what? I just don't think it's going to happen to me, you know? So listen, I want to clue you guys in on somebody, something. Nobody thinks that it's going to happen to them until it actually happens to them. And the statistics say that the chances of you getting a disability that lasts for more than 90 days before the age of 65, it usually depends on your age and gender, but it can be as high as 65% for middle-aged women. And it is over 50% for almost every single demographic. So there is basically a 50-50 chance you can you can take a coin out and you can flip a coin right now and those are basically the chances of you being disabled for at least 90 days at least once but between now and the age of 65 and like i said most disabilities that last over 90 days last for over two years mm -hmm. so that's going to be a major amount of time where you're going to be either living living an impoverished lifestyle or you're going to be living the same lifestyle you were leading and it's all going to depend on whether or not you decided to protect yourself okay absolutely if you want to you know if you don't want to protect yourself but you're gonna you want to sell your house if you get disabled for a year or two you know be my guest but i don't think it's going to be that funny when it actually happens uh to somebody no doubt and you know what statistics show us that more than 50 percent of mortgage foreclosures are a result of either a disability or an illness. And that is the highest percentage, you know, category of mortgage foreclosures compared to any other category. So basically, if you were to just protect against being disabled or getting a life-threatening illness, it would reduce the chances of your mortgage being foreclosed on by over 50%. Okay. So how do we so how do we solve this problem? This is the problem, okay? The problem is we're trying to do right by our family. We're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to be financially prosperous, but we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know when some sort of an accident might happen. We don't know when we become disabled and seriously, you know, are unable to work for a long time. So what's the solution? The solution is a product that insurance companies came out with called disability insurance. And basically what this is, is a contract that you enter into with an insurance company. You know, they do their due diligence on you first to make sure that they're willing to insure you. That's the number one thing I need people to understand. Insurance can't be sold to you people. It can't be sold to you. It can only be applied for, okay? You might not even be able to get insurance. You got to apply for it. That's the only way. But if the insurance company does their due diligence and they're prepared to offer you a contract, then the contract's basically going to be something like this. They're going to agree to pay a percentage of your income tax-free until a preset amount of time if you get injured. So usually it's to the age of 65. So if you were to, you know, get injured and you're not able to work, 
then they're going to step in and they're going to replace, say, 67% of your income until the age of 65. So if you're never able to work again, you know, your working life would have probably ended at 65. They're going to keep paying you money every single month until your working career was ended. They're going to replace all of the income that you are supposed to be making. And for those of you saying, oh, well, they're not replacing all my income. They're only replacing 67% of my income. That's not that great. Well, remember this, that 67% is tax-free. So 67% of your income tax-free is almost like 100% of your income before taxes count. Yeah, and you know, some people, they might be like, well, why don't they replace 100%? Well, that just opens up so much liability for the insurance companies because if they're replacing 100% of your income, then you're never gonna go back to work, right? Who's gonna wanna actually work eight hours a day when they're getting paid their full salary for sitting at home? Right. So, you know, insurance companies, although, you know, you, you, you know, people may not like them, they're also not stupid. So they're going to want to make sure that the product makes sense for them, but that it also makes sense uh, for the people who are buying it. 100 percent, 100 percent. So I'm going to leave you guys with this with this idea over here. OK, say, for example, you're in the job market. All right. You're looking for a job, whatever career it is that you're in, whatever profession it is that you're in. Okay, and there's two jobs. You have two options. You can work for company A or you can work for company B. Okay, the guy at company A that wants to recruit you says that, listen, we're going to give you a hundred thousand dollar salary. Okay, you're going to be getting a hundred percent of it. Right. But if you get sick or injured, you're not going to be getting any money because obviously you're not coming to work. Okay, so that's option A. You can get a hundred percent of your $100,000 salary, but you get 0% if you get injured or sick, okay? What's behind door B, okay? So job B over here, the recruiter over there says, we're gonna give you, you know, 95 to 99% of your $100,000 salary when you are working, okay? But if you get sick or injured, we're gonna still give you 67% of your salary. Now, given that choice, which one would you choose? I know which one I would choose. I would gladly give up maybe two to 5% of my, what it is that I'm making right now to make sure that for the rest of my life, 67% of my income is gonna be guaranteed to me even if I get injured or get some sort of a life-threatening illness. What do you say, Cam? Absolutely. If you look at people who are wealthy, their number one concern is not how much money they can make. It is risk mitigation over and over and over again. It is risk mitigation. They know how to make money. They're already rich. They have a lot of money. They don't want to risk it, right? They want to preserve it. And another common misconception with disability is that, hey, I have it through my work, right? So if I get injured, it's all good. But what people don't realize is usually when you have something through work, it only covers you when you're at your actual job, not going to your job, not going back from your job. Right. And the other thing is these companies, uh, these government programs, usually like over here, we have uh, workers compensation board. They are going to try if you do get injured to show that it was your fault. So it's such a huge headache it's so much stress I, i've had so many cases with clients 
that have basically been screwed over by WCB because maybe they weren't wearing the proper footwear or something like that. And like I said, it doesn't cover you outside of your workplace. So if you're skiing down a mountain, you know, and break both your legs, nothing is covering you for that. So don't think that you're covered just because you have a good job. It's a false sense of security. Absolutely. You know what? That's a very good point. Usually, if there's any sort of disability coverage, like there usually isn't, first of all, unemployed benefit pro benefits programs. But if there is, it usually has certain maximums that are oftentimes quite less than what it is that your full income would have been. And, you know, second of all, you know, relying on the government to bail you out, you know, with some sort of a disability pension is the same as basically, uh, you know, living at the sort of poverty level, you know, and being mm -hmm. on the breadline. So don't put yourself in that position where you've got to go up to the government with your hands out, you know, asking for some sort of a handout from the government. Put yourself in a position where you're the one that's in control, where you've taken responsibility. And, you know, if something like this happens to you, you've still pretty much got almost all of your income, you know. And so let's take a look at that example that I gave at the very beginning. You know, a guy wants to do everything right, you know. Um, he's got his savings, he pays himself first, he makes it automatic, he's got an emergency fund, this and that. Poor guy falls off a ladder, breaks his back, okay? It's terrible. It's terrible he breaks his back. But the good news is that because he had this disability insurance policy in place, 66% of his income is going to be replaced tax-free. And that basically means that he's getting the same amount of income that he was getting before when he was working. And now he can take that income, he can make payments, you know, on the mortgage. He can pay all his other bills. There's no stress at home and he can focus on recovering. And that, you know, my friends, is a much better position to be in than the other one. Okay. So I'm going to leave it at that for the disability insurance. You know, I hope that we were able to drive that point home to you guys, how important it is. We're going to take a short break over here and then we're going to get into you know, how to protect your income in the event that you get a life-threatening illness after the short break. Hang in there, guys. All right, guys. So, okay. So, you know what? We talked about what happens if you get injured, okay? But you know what? There's another piece of the pie over here that we also need to talk about. And what happens if you get a life-threatening illness? Okay. So there's, there's some bad illnesses out there. It's heart attacks. People are getting strokes. People are getting diagnosed with cancer. And let me tell you something. If you get an illness that's that serious, you know, it dramatically changes your life. And in order for you to recover from an illness like that, you often have to take a lot of time off of work, okay? So once again, I'm gonna give an example of that same guy, okay? Let's call him, let's call him Joe, you know? Let's call this guy Joe the Plumber, all right? Mm -hmm. So we're bringing Joe the Plumber back. Sure. Joe the Plumber, he makes good money, okay? He's working a great job, he's banking it, he's investing it, he wants to do the right thing, he loves his family, he's married, he's got a home, and then next thing you know, he goes to the doctor, doctor says, you know what, the blood test that uh, that you did last time, a bit of a off reading, we want you to basically do another blood test and do a couple scans over here just to, you know, make sure that it's nothing too serious. 
lo and behold, unfortunately, he's got a tumor, you know, the size of a grapefruit in his liver or something, for example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if he wants to live, okay, if he wants to survive this thing, he's probably going to have to take a year off of work because he's going to be, you know, having treatments. He's going to have to go through radiation, chemotherapy. Okay. Now, you know, he wanted to do the right thing. And sure, he's got some money saved up. He's been making it automatic. He's, you know, been paying himself first and all that stuff. But he only started doing this, you know, maybe a year ago, right? So he's been saving, say, 500 bucks a month. He's got $6,000. Now, $6,000 is not going to be enough for him to be able to basically take a year off of work. Okay. Now, guess what happens? Mortgage is still due on the first of the first of the month. Car payments are still due. All the other debts are still due. So he's got to go into debt. Okay. He's borrowing money from his credit cards. He's borrowing money from his line of credit. His savings goes in a matter of weeks, you know, probably loses his home, mm-hmm. probably loses his job. You know, maybe he loses his marriage, you know, because of the, the stress, you know, that this ends up causing. And does, does his life basically get ruined, Cam, because of something that he had no control over that he just didn't think was going to happen at all? Yeah, you know, um, exactly. And like you said, that 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 theme keeps popping up over and over again within finance and especially when it comes to things like insurance nobody thinks it's going to happen to them especially if you're young right i remember when i was younger like in my teens and everything you know everybody around me including myself everybody thinks they're invincible nothing can happen but everyone knows a bunch of people who have had heart attacks stroke cancer and all these kinds of serious illnesses and and more and more as we've become more sedentary in our lives i know this because i'm sedentary in my job right i sit a lot of the time at a desk uh for a lot of the day and a lot of things are happening earlier and earlier in people's lives so a lot more younger people are getting more serious health conditions um Mm -hmm. you know and and like if, if you can name five ten people who have had cancer right but you haven't like that's just luck that's just the luck of the draw it doesn't mean that you're not going to get it or you're somehow invincible it just hasn't uh stricken you yet what do you think that people who you know who have cancer are thinking right what do you think they were thinking before they got it they were thinking the same thing you were thinking is that this is never going to happen to me it's literally the same thing that everybody thinks right most people think it won't happen to them i've i've had friends who I had cancer. I have a friend right now, actually a good friend, who's I think 33, 34. He had a tumor. He had it taken out and he was recovering. And then he went back into the doctors for some normal tests and they found out that he has uh, cancer. I think it was Hodgkin's lymphoma, right? So now he's fighting that. Young guy, healthy guy, strong guy. You know what I mean? Makes a good money, but now he can't work. He's suffering. He's doing chemo, things like that. And there's no way that he would have ever predicted that that would have happened. So when you want to basically, you know, see how much these things are going to cost you, you know, everybody thinks everything is so expensive. But when you actually look at it, these coverages are almost a necessity, right? As you said, Jeremiah, why would people risk something that they can't control happening to them and not be prepared for it? 
like over here in Vancouver in Canada, we have something that's, you know, akin to like a free healthcare system. However, anytime you want to get anything done over here, it sometimes takes months, if not years for like operations and things like that. I know because I've had some, uh, I'm on the waiting list for some like uh, shoulder operations and things like that. And it takes forever. It's like six months for this and eight months for that. Mm-hmm. So, so the alternative of course is you're thinking, okay, well, what can be done? And if you have something like a critical illness policy, you get a lump sum of money that allows you to essentially do whatever the hell it is that you want to do. Whether that is using some of it to pay bills, making sure that your spouse is not stressing out and they're able to continue to work, or maybe even they will be able to take some time off to take care of you because you have that money, that lump sum of money coming in. Alternatively, what a lot of people do is they will take that money and go to the country that is specializing in whatever it is that they're sick in, sick with, sorry. So, you know, there's, let's say like a Mayo Clinic over there somewhere in Europe or something in South America, wherever it is, it doesn't matter. They're going to take that money. They're going to get on a flight and they're going to privately get this problem taken care of so they can get back to health faster. If you Mm -hmm. don't have this money, you're either A, not going to get that treatment because you can't pay for it, or you're going to go into debt for that treatment, right? Who wants to be doing a treatment like that when they're stressed out because they have a $100,000 debt because of the treatment sitting there? What do you think their chances of recovery are going to be, right? A lot of times people will very, you know, they'll, they'll look, they're very short-sighted and, and focus on one thing like, oh, okay, I'll just, you know, take a line of credit from my house and I'll get it fixed up and it'll be all good. Okay, great. But now you've taken money, you've taken debt and you're going to be stressed out and it's going to actually hurt your recovery. Right? So this is again, one of those things where it's like, okay, the chances of it happening are actually quite high. We're not talking about getting asteroid insurance here, guys, right? Like an asteroid can it hit the earth, right? It's possible, but it's not probable. Will you get some kind of an illness? It's actually possible and it's actually probable. So those are the things that you need to protect against. Things that are actually possible, but have a very high degree chance of happening to you at some point. Uh, The other point I wanna make is this. Uh, A lot of times people say, okay, I'm healthy, I don't need insurance, and that's fine as well, right? They're like, okay, I, I take care of myself. What they don't realize is when they're applying for insurance, and this isn't just for a critical illness insurance policy, this also uh, comes into play with life insurance, is that you might be healthy and you'll get covered. However, let's say in a couple of months, you know, you're not getting the coverage because you think nothing's going to happen to you. Your family, your mom, your dad, start having a bunch of uh, essentially health issues, right? Maybe they get a cancer, your mom gets cancer, your dad gets a heart attack. Now, when you're doing an application, they're asking you about your, uh, essentially your family, your mother, brother, uh, sister, your family father. history, your family Ex- medical exactly. history. Exactly. So you're not only basically applying with your information, you're applying with your family's information. So the best time to actually get insurance is when you're healthy, not when you're already sick, because when you're healthy, you're gonna get the best premiums, the best terms, and the best conditions. And when you're sick, you're gonna be paying way more in premiums, you might not even get covered, 
And again, it's another thing that you're risking, right? Because people don't know that. People will say, okay, I'm healthy, so I'll get it. Maybe I'll get it a few months down the road. So many things can happen in between that time. Exactly. You know what? Lock in your insurability, guys. Like I said, insurance is not something that you can buy. Insurance is something that you can apply for. And apply for it while you're healthy so that you can actually get it. It's not a right. It's a privilege to actually get insurance. You know, people always think that, oh, you know what? I'm too healthy. I'm too young. Um, nothing's going to happen to me. Look at Mario Lemieux. You know, he was 28 years old when he got diagnosed with Hodgkinson's disease. You know, he would have been paid out if he had a critical illness insurance policy. Lance Armstrong was 25 years old when he got diagnosed with stage three testicular cancer. Now, these are guys that watch their diet. They exercise every single day and they were in their mid to late 20s, for goodness sakes. Yeah. And those are just two of the most famous athletes. You know, there's tons of other athletes that we don't hear about, you know, um, like the Pokey Reddicks and things like that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that have played, we, we don't hear about those guys, but those guys have also been diagnosed, you know, with health issues. And, you know, you're far more likely to actually be diagnosed with a life-threatening illness before the age of 65 than you are to die before the age of 65. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, you know, 50% of mortgage foreclosures are the result of either a life-threatening illness diagnosis or a disability. Okay. So one of the main reasons why people, you know, have their financial lives crumble is because they got diagnosed with a life-threatening illness and they didn't have the critical illness insurance in place. So, you know, basically what critical illness insurance is, guys, is it's a contract that you get into with an insurance company. They do their due diligence on you. If they're willing to insure you, you enter into an agreement with them. And the agreement is basically this. You pay the premium and the premium is not much. Honestly, guys, you can get Let's talk about Joe the plumber over here. He was making $75,000 a year. His life got ruined, okay? Because he didn't have the coverage in place. Or he could have been paying 30 bucks a month, you know, had the coverage in place. And then all of a sudden he gets diagnosed with this life-threatening illness, you know, this, this cancer, and he gets a $100,000 death uh, living benefit. He takes that $100,000 living benefit he pays off his debts, he takes time off of work, he pays for private health care, he lives, he is stress-free, his family and everything is taken care of. And that's all it costs. It costs 30 to $35 a month. That's all he had to do. So you can either choose to pay like a dollar a day, you know, to make sure that your life doesn't get ruined, or you can take the chance of having your life ruined by actually not having this in place camp. Absolutely. And it and it continues to blow my mind how people spend their money, you know, so frivolously on so many stupid things that add no value. But sometimes it's like pulling teeth when it comes to their own protection. It's like, hey, do you want something that's good for you? No, no, I don't. Do you want something that's really stupid and bad for you and is going to like, you know, mess you up or add no value? Yeah, absolutely. Nope. Let, let's do that right now. Right. Like if I was selling something stupid for $30 a month, you'd probably buy it over the insurance policy, even though it was completely useless. And uh, that's just a lack of education. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to give you the education so that you don't fall into these traps and mistakes. 100%, 100%. We're gonna take a short break over here, guys. And uh, then we're gonna get into 
how it is that you can protect your income uh, if something even worse than a, a disability or a life-threatening illness happens right after the short break. So hang in there, guys. All right, guys. So you know what? There are worse things that can happen to us than becoming disabled, you know, then getting diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, right? Uh, let's let's take Joe the plumber, you know, as an example again. Joe the plumber, he's got a family, he's got kids, he's got a mortgage, he's trying to do right, he's trying to do the right thing, he wants to prosper, he goes up a ladder to clean his gutters, there's an accident that happens and he falls, but this time he breaks his neck. Mm -hmm. He breaks his neck and he dies, okay? Now, Joe the plumber was making $75,000 a year. He had a mortgage. You know, his wife is on that mortgage as well. His income was responsible for making half of that mortgage payment, you know, and helping make the car payments and all the other bills, okay? Now, all of a sudden, he leaves his, his wife and his kids with half the income that they had before, but the same amount of expenses that they had. So what are they gonna do? You know, either they're gonna sell their house immediately before they get foreclosed on because they can't make those mortgage payments. They're gonna be dipping into those savings. You know, whatever they had probably wasn't very much. You know, they're gonna probably be living off their credit cards for a little bit just to make ends meet. You know, and their whole entire trajectory, which was headed in a certain direction, which was prosperity, now all of a sudden is headed into different direction and, and which is called decimation, okay? And he did everything right. He did everything right, except he made one colossal mistake. He didn't protect his income in the event that he was to pass away, okay? Now, for those of you out there that don't have a wife and kids or don't have a mortgage, I'm gonna give you guys a pass on this one, okay? You might not need this as much as somebody else. But for those of you out there that are married, and especially for those of you out there that are married and have kids, if you don't have life insurance, you need to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what is it that I'm doing? Because you need to figure out what it is that you're doing because you need to do the right thing, be responsible, and make sure that that family is taken care of, Cam. Absolutely. and. When we look at the stream of income, you know, you know, in this example, you were mentioning $75,000 that this uh, gentleman was making. So, okay, over a 10-year period, that's $750,000 that that family is out. Over a 20-year period, $1.5 million, right? And over a 30-year period, $2.25 million. That would have been a massive massive sorry it would have made a massive massive difference to that family and that's the difference between that family prospering and that family like you said going into debt selling their house potentially going bankrupt etc and a lot of people think that life insurance like you know they think that life insurance is just about protecting their assets in the sense of like a house right that's what really people think about okay what is my house worth 
okay, it's worth 700,000. I have a $400,000 mortgage and maybe I'll get a, little, get a little bit of extra money. So I'll get a $500,000 policy. Um, but that's not the case. You have to include the income. As we talked about, your ability to earn income is your biggest asset. You are your biggest asset, right? It's not your house. You know, in Vancouver, it could be your house because of the insane prices that we have here. But in most places, it's not going to be your house. It's going to be you most of the time. And if you don't protect that, again, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And you're, you made a, a perfect example. If you don't have any assets, if you don't really have a family, you have nothing to protect, it probably doesn't fully make sense to get insurance, right? Insurance is to insure, to insure something is, is essentially to protect an asset. And if you don't have any assets, you probably don't need it. However, as I mentioned before, the best time to get insurance is when you're healthy. So maybe if you're 20 years old and you have really nothing going on and kind of no prospects and this and that, maybe it's not a good use of money to get insurance. But what you can do is get a little bit of insurance, right? With a rider that locks in future insurability because you want to get it when, he, when you're healthy and when it's going to be the cheapest. So these are all just strategies to set you up because even though you might not need it today, I'm sure that you're going to want to get married and have kids. Most people want to get married, have kids, have a house, have a career. And at that point, you definitely do need to insure yourself to, to protect yourself and to protect your family. So why not get started on that habit a bit earlier, right? Get in touch with somebody who knows what they're talking about. Get in touch with a financial advisor, uh, you know, an independent uh, insurance salesperson and get them to at least give you a little bit of education and set you on the right path, potentially just get you, you know, in the game so that you're not spending too much money on this because maybe you don't have that much uh, disposable income that you can allocate to this, but get in the habit of it, learn about it so that you know how to use it when it comes time to use it. Exactly, because you know what? This is just too big of a mistake to, to not protect against. This is not something that an emergency fund can 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 save you from. You know, we talked about an emergency fund at best being about six months of your after-tax income. Mm -hmm. Well, six months of your after-tax income is not going to protect your family against all of your income for the next 20, 30 years being lost. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to take you decades and decades of saving up money to have enough money set aside. If you were investing it to be able to make up for the amount of money that you would, your family would be out and your family would lose if you were to pass away. So, it, you know, the, really the only way to protect against it is to have this type of a contract in place. So what is life insurance exactly? Once again, life insurance is a contract. It's a contract that you get into with an insurance company. The terms of the contract are very simple. You agreed to pay a premium and it's not expensive, guys. You know, term life insurance, which is a, a terrific solution, you know, for, for young families and things like that, people that have a lot of, uh, you know, coverage that's required, the people that need a, a big death benefit, term insurance is like, a, is like a dollar a day for most people. If you're like 30, 35 years old, you know, you could get a half million dollars worth of coverage for like a dollar a day, you know? It's, it, honestly, it's dirt, it's dirt cheap. You, you're, you're agreeing to a contract, the terms of the contract are this, your job is to pay that premium, okay? That's your only job. You pay that premium every single month. The insurance company's job is if you die for basically any reason, if you get struck by a bolt of lightning, okay? 
um, you get into a car accident, any, almost any reason, except for taking your life, um, you know, by suicide within two years or, or, you know, fraudulently lying on the application when you were applying for insurance, whatever the reason is, you know, whatever reason you pass away, their job is to pay out a lump sum tax-free death benefit of that $500,000 to your beneficiaries, which is usually your spouse or your children or your loved ones. They're going to take that money and that lump sum money is going to come to them at a time when they need it the most. You know, the last thing that you want your family to be doing is grieving, you know, and then also having to worry about the bills and the expenses. Now they got to worry about a big $15,000, $20,000 funeral. Funerals aren't cheap these days, nope. you know? Then they got to worry about how they're going to replace your income when all they should be worrying about is is how much they're actually missing you, you know? So don't put them in that position. Spend the dollar a day, people. Spend the dollar a day. Make sure this doesn't happen to your family, okay? Now, Jeremiah, you know, like so many people are usually saying, okay, well, you, you told me about three different ways to protect myself and you're talking about a dollar a day here, a dollar a day there, you know, a dollar a day over here on the third product. So that's actually $3 a day, right? But when you actually add everything up, you know, on the low end, if you're spending $100 a month for all three products, you're protecting yourself against the critical illness, you're protecting yourself against your death, you're protecting yourself against injury, let's say for $100 uh, on the low end as a whole entire package, that's just $1,200 for the entire year to protect yourself from those three massive things that could happen to you, right? That is actually like a penny, you know, like in terms of what you're spending on everything else, because you're spending two, $3,000 on car insurance per car, right? Per car. So if you have two or three or four cars, sometimes people have, you're spending two or $3,000 per car. Maybe you're spending $10,000 on that insurance. You're spending, you know, 1500 to three or $4,000 on your house insurance, right? And most of the time, nothing is going on. But the reason you spend on that is because something might happen. And I really like going and talking about hedge funds a lot because I like to run my life kind of like a business, like a hedge fund. And that's how everybody should be running their lives. And what a hedge fund traditionally was designed to do was to make a call on a market that was either going to be going up or going to be going down. And then the hedge part of it was portfolio protection just in case they were wrong, right? So they thought they're going to be right. And maybe they had 90 or 95% confidence that this market move was going to happen in the way that they think it's going to happen. However, they need to hedge that risk with a bet in the opposite direction. Okay, that's great, but we don't have a crystal ball. And if this happens the way that we want it to, that's fantastic. However, if it goes the other way and we're wrong, we need to have that protection because if we don't have protection, if we don't have that protection, we're going to be obliterated. And again, I've like I said this uh, earlier in this podcast, this has literally happened where these companies, these hedge funds didn't have protection on the downside. They kept uh, betting aggressively that they were right and they ended up being wrong and they went out of business and they lost a shitload of money. So I don't want you guys 
to screw up your entire life for a hundred dollars a month right guys guys we have nothing to gain from this you know like you know i don't want to sound like a salesperson right now you know most of the people who are listening to this we're not going to be you know we're not selling you guys anything you know we're not trying to make money off of you guys here go do this go you know someone's going to make money from selling you this product go talk to these people this is what they're here to do they're here to help you through this and ask questions right ask us questions ask uh, these people around you questions and like i said in the previous podcast you should interview uh people as well to make sure that they have the knowledge and and get this done you know 100 bucks a month you're wasting so much more money i can guarantee you if you know you you speak to me and i look over your whole budget i'm going to point out so many flaws and how much money you're wasting and small things like this are going to set you up for prosperity for you and your family going forward Exactly. You know what? Like with the Joe the plumber, the uh, example that we were giving, he's making $75,000 a year. A hundred bucks a month is 1.5%, you know, Mm -hmm. of, of his income. That means that for every dollar he earns, he's taking one and a half cents and he's putting it towards his financial security to make sure that doesn't, this doesn't happen. And guys, once you have an emergency fund in place, like we talked about three to six months of your after-tax income, and then you've got this income protection in place. You're protected against uh, an injury, you're protected against a life-threatening illness, and your family's protected against you losing your income because you died. Once the income protection is in place and is combined with the emergency fund, it literally ends up being like you are like a Superman. It's, It's almost like financially speaking, bullets will slide off you at that point, you know? And let me tell you something, 80% of the population will not get to that point right there. Just having an emergency fund in place and having your income protected is something that 80% of the population is not doing. You will be ahead of 80% of the population if you were to do that. There is actually, you, and you can almost do this instantaneously. Like you can, in a matter of months, you can have, you can attain the achievement, the level of financial security, you know, and honestly, to make a meaningful difference in your life, I know that everybody wants to make a meaningful difference in their lives financially. They think that the only way they're going to do it is if they've got so much money that they're flying in private jets, you know, Mm -hmm. for you to make a meaningful difference in your life, the easiest way to do it is to attain level one over here, just get this financial security, have the income protection in place, as well as the emergency fund that we talked about. And it's gonna build a great foundation for your financial empire, you know? Like we said, if you wanna build a mansion, you know, you need to have a foundation first because that foundation needs to last decades and decades before you decide that you're going to spend a lot of money and build a huge mansion or a fortress over it. So once we have this in place, we've laid down the foundation, guys. We've laid down the foundation. We've got the pyramids, you know, our own version of we got, you know, a wonder of the world that we're going to start <laughs> creating because this foundation, everything is in place, Cam. That's right on point, man. And when you look at uh, building that foundation, you're going to find other effects that are happening as well. Once you get this in place, and and as you mentioned, this isn't, you know, years. You can do all this stuff in three, six, nine months. You know, the emergency fund obviously is going to take the longest. 
usually to set up because you're trying to save a certain amount of money. However, you can get in the game with this insurance stuff today, tomorrow, right? Immediately. Go get some of this done. Start putting some of this stuff in place. And once you have your emergency fund, once you have your income protection in place, you're going to find that you have so much more confidence and so much more ability because your head is going to be clear of the cobwebs of the stress that so many people are under because they're thinking about, oh my God, if A, B, C, D happens and it always leads to the same thing, my family's not going to have money. I'm going to have to sell my house. I'm not going to be able to pay the bills. I'm not going to be able to put food on the table. If you're able to do those things and secure your ability to be able to do those things, you're going to be way ahead of the game and you're probably going to get to that prosperity uh, portion of your life a lot faster than kind of taking these shots, right? Taking these shots and you're going to keep getting beat down until you don't get up again. The point over here is to always get up. And the way you do that is by following these initial steps that we've outlined for you guys. So stop thinking about the dream right now. Get this stuff in place, right? Because if the dream doesn't happen, or if along the road to getting that dream, that dream that you want for you and for your family, some something bad happens, that something like we've discussed, you're gonna be okay, right? You're not gonna be stressed out. You're gonna get back on your feet and you're gonna be all the better for it. You're gonna make more money, right? Play more defense first because offense comes from defense as we've learned time and time again. 100%, you know what? Uh, if money doesn't bring you security, it doesn't bring you anything. And you can't put a price tag on your peace of mind people. So listen, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that you guys got value out of this. If you guys have any questions about some of the material and the content that me and Cam went over today, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out uh, to us by email, you know, at info at thestraightmoney.com or by leaving a message wherever it is that you're hearing this podcast from. Me and Cam would love to hear from you. Uh, and tune in next time, guys. <clears throat> where we start talking about how it is that we can achieve financial independence, you know, and how to start building that financial empire now that we understand how to put that financial foundation in place. This is us signing off. And until next time, guys, stay safe out there, okay? See you guys later. All right, guys, that concludes our episode for the Straight Money Podcast. I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in. Please join us next Thursday when we're going to be releasing another episode that's going to be talking specifically about financial independence and strategies on how it is that you can generate residual income for yourself that replaces your income so that you only work because you want to work, not because you need to work. If you guys found any value out of this episode at all, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. If you're hearing it on YouTube, please leave us a like and subscribe. Until next time, take care.